it's really strange. I mean, I get it, it's a comedy, but... Now, here's Harvey Corman's great speech comparing himself to the greatest people in the world. He really does love... Have the brave people. Okay, here's his speech. Throughout history, civilizations <laughs> for the good of all men when a few great men have had bold new visions and the courage to carry them out. But behind every great man there is a loving and dedicated woman who fills his days and nights, and nights. with a love so profound. Ah, I get it. He's comparing he's himself to these great people and he's saying, my vision to open Melvis Land or whatever the name of the mini golf is. It's free for tonight, just for tonight, folks. It's free for tonight. <laughs> I would totally go to that yeah. mini golf course. Now she's going to cut. the way it's got sold. Now look, do you see the cop touched her butt? Ooh. Do you see it? Yeah, totally. And Memphis yeah. didn't say like, you know, he get off, off my me. butt, officer. Right. Now that is that's gonna pay. Oh, that guy. What the butt grabbing or the screwdriver in the Grabbing. Well, the screwdrivers will pay off too. Listen, when I told you to sneak drinks into the amusement park, I didn't mean like literal. Screwdriver. <laughs> Could you get me a screwdriver, bartender? Phillips had her straight, her straight edge. <laughs> God damn it. Just give me a grasshopper. I'm sorry, sir. We have chocolate-covered crickets. <laughs> it's part of our plant-based appetizer menu. Holy shit. Think of the plant-based. This is not in the kids' movie. This is a bush-based. Oh, there you God, Boy, so I'm so mad at them. It. The male leer. Look at that male leer. That gremlin, that critter is me. That monkey is me. Yeah. Thank you, Corbin. <laughs> Look at those toys. Ah. They never take. No, it's so ridiculous. No, they got the prop. You know, and that's a part of the universe. Especially if something looks phallic, you keep it on. That's like a general rule. I don't know if you saw Zapped again, but he works at a hot dog stand, and they have, like, giant phallic hot dog hats, and he wears it for most of the movie. <laughs> okay, he so... being not Scott Baio. Now, basically, what's happening is the munchies will begin to terrorize the golf course. Oh, I just want to play through. <laughs> Wow, this, is a real, this must be a real golf course, right? I mean, like... Uh, a real mini fancy. golf place, yeah. Yeah. A guy named Robert Short created the munchy creature effects. So I want to say to you, a guy named uh -huh. Robert Short did did not create any munchy creature effects. They're, to they're stuffed animals. He went to the Toys R Us. Yeah. Yeah. He bought one of these dolls, one of those dolls, and he, like, pokes stuff together. <laughs> well, they got to do what they got to do. It's the magic of movie, and your imagination makes those uh, munchies come alive. Mm -hmm. Your imagination, your suspension of disbelief. Never mind the strings. <laughs> the writer just died. He just died. He died March 3rd. Oh, wow. Let me guess. He was electrocuted by a monkey. <laughs> That's right. Now I don't know if I was ah. that he died because he was he died in Maui, Hawaii. Who did Harvey Corman? No, the uh, writer of this. His name was Lance Smith. Okay, so he wrote. I never heard of this. Love Shack in 1997 and Facade in 1999. I never heard of that. I never heard those movies. I would have known the Love Shack. Love Shack. It's baby. a little PG-13 movie. Yeah, Science it's 87 says. minutes. 
<laughs> it seats about 20 oh, no. so. <laughs> it got a 8.7 and rotten tomatoes. Everybody's grooving, baby. Folks, lining up. Okay. To see the movie Love Shack. Okay, so all we're getting here is more static between the family. You know, uh, he's now right. warning Harvey that Harvey, bad Harvey, that if you cut them up, they multiply. Uh, unrealistically, they're like, get out of here, kid. We're not believing your bullshit. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, suddenly now it's unbelievable. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's father and son moment. Oh yeah, I remember my dad shooting my first shooting the first munchie with my dad. Yeah, we used to shoot gophers. I had a I had a nine. You remember getting munchies with your dad, shooting them in the face in a miniature golf course? Wait, what? The age old story. Okay, now they're throwing golf balls, and we're getting not hilarious right. at all. This is a cheap, uh, cheap slapstick moment. So he's like, I'm going to cut them up. And Paul is like, don't cut you them idiot. up. They, the one thing you're not supposed to do. Right? So he cut his Who head off. Uh, off his leg. Not a good idea. Cops going to throw up. And that's why I... <laughs> Got now you see what happens. Uh -oh. in see, I told you. Just like Gremlins. Oh. So they're down into the. the worst part, part. Oh no! But that's where the nuclear waste is. Yeah. We gotta get to the factory before they get into the underground storage areas. What a premise. What a premise. They got to get that. <laughs> I know. It's... Okay, so. Ooh, he's getting randy. They've been ordered to arrest, be arrested. It's the flimsiest, dumbest thing. And now Cindy is pretending. She's like coming on to Dean, who has a weakness for her. That's why he's always such a meanie to her, you know? Saying, please don't take. boyfriend like a cuckold? What's that? But her, boy, her boyfriend's in the passenger seat. I'm calling yeah, him a couple. His bo the boyfriend is no dummy. He knows that, she, you know. Oh, no. They're at a video store. How meta is this? And the thing you is. go to a video store. We end up there, too. It's another bad plot twist of this bad movie. In the movie Gremlins, they go and they watch, I think, Snow White, and they, they cut to a scene of all these gremlins in the movie theater watching a movie, and the reference is, that's you. You are in the movie theater watching gremlins in a movie theater watching you back. Uh -huh. And Munchies does the same thing. You went to the video store to buy mun rent Munchies, and the Munchies now show up to the video store where you saw this movie. It's like if there was a Munchies 9 that they've watched Netflix on, you know. Suddenly <laughs> they're watching Netflix. <laughs> Is Roger Corman still alive? Maybe we can get National Lampoon's yes. open micers going. Oh, yeah, he could do it. Yeah, Clint Eastwood did not have to be in this movie. I heard they got that Clint Eastwood for real cheap. <laughs> what was that, 87? Was that The Unforgiven? Outlaw, such a precious outlaw Jesse Helms? Jesse, uh... <laughs> oh, Mike. Mike. Well... Writer. You have to read, you have to watch that film. You can't even, okay. Let's see what it says. Wait, which one is it? I don't know. It I doubt it's Unforgiven. That, uh, Eastwood made... Yeah, that's 92 Unforgiven. Well, wait, maybe you're right, because it... Well, anyway. This is 87. the TV, right? And the TV's charged yeah. with electricity. And when it electrocutes uh -huh. the munchie, he turns back into a statue. Or he turns into a oh. statue. We later learn that they started as Video store to the rescue. Mm -hmm. Who even remembers video stores? What a weird concept nowadays.
This this whole place could be replaced by Redbox. <laughs> it was a different time, you know it. They we didn't have a delivery. System. I know it. it I know it well. Physical. It had to be physical. Right. And they yeah. made money off of it. And also that mom and pop shop, that one that they're terrorizing. I bet you they have an adult section in the back <laughs> with the bees uh, entrance. That's every yeah. video store's dirty Lock- little secret. It's not even a secret. Yeah, well, it's like Blockbuster kind of ruined the fun of it. But anyone that was a Blockbuster had a porno section yep. upstairs. Or, like, you had to go through the beads. Now, where are they? They are in the sewer system. Oh, the sewer! No, they in the, the sewer under, like an hour ago? They're in the underground storage area. Uh-huh. Munchies evidence. Oh, was Good, I thought that was... So it wasn't an abducted child down there. You always rip Ooh, me about that. I didn't her. abduct her. It was consensual. Ask her. <laughs> you always rip me about that. that it was one time. Right. Oh, yeah. In real life. Uh-oh. You see the Spider-Man. spider? Yeah, I see a spider and a man. <laughs> This guy's a good actor. <laughs> spider, spider, my shoulder. Blah! Is he paralyzed? No, he's, he's a, a wimp. Now look, she doesn't just knock it off. She picks it up because it's from a pet store. Oh, right. It gives it back to the Wrangler. The off-camera the off is the animal right. Wrangler. Now, this could be a moment in the film where we begin to feel some compassion for this cop. He's obviously fronting. But no, yeah. we don't uh, We don't go there. We don't have any time. We're just being the stupid movie. Don't have time for that. Our secret well, he has to go back Washington. to Mayberry's. Uh, classic. He ripped that off of Bluto from Animal House. Uh, the joke was that his uh, the cop's uh, watch was completely spazzy. Okay, now we have a scene we don't need. We have three little right. people, and for no reason. Okay, the plot doesn't make sense. Harvey Corman has taken Melvis and the cop to the underground facility, and they're like, "We're hungry, we're hungry." And Harvey Corman's like, "You're not." Stopping now. We're hungry. We're hungry. And okay, we'll go through the drive-through. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, and then we cut to the the people who work at the drive-through. Right, and they're just. This is like every fast food joint I had. I got nothing to do. Speak when clean up the fries later. <laughs> now the those three guys who we just saw, the little people. That's it. They're gone for the whole movie. Yeah. Well, they're they're how to shoot another movie with Corman. <laughs> right, put on like gladiator makeup. Yeah. Step into Suddenly this. it's like uh Okay, you're late for our Conan ripoff. Okay, so the manager's killed by the munchies and the short people run away. And then Harvey Corman's getting no service on his on the drive-through, so they go in. It doesn't make sense. Don't you find that ironic that the fast food fast food killed the munchies, or the munchies <laughs> killed the fast food? The Usually, it's the other way around. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. He's a cop. What's going on in here? Butcher. Hey. Is this Florida? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think so. We'll see if it's mentioned in the credits where they shot it. It just seems like a fun place with the miniature golf and the fast food joint. I bet you it's some sort of Midwest, like like New Mexico or Colorado or Utah. It's one of those deserts. I mean, we just saw a tarantula. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, it's dusty, dusty roads. They're not exactly desert roads, but... 
So now uh, Cop is giving the spiel to Cindy, like, you know, I'm moving up in the world, thinking about getting married, you know. And she's like, whatever, creep. <laughs> okay, one guy, Frank Welker, is one of the voices of Munch. Oh, I know him. You do? I'm, I'm, yeah, Frank Welker, he's been the Scooby-Doo's voice for a while. He's a voice talent actor that's been around for decades. Well, it says since and, uh, the in 1969. He played the voice of a dog in Up the Creek. I mean, he's done it all. He's on The Simpsons. Yeah. He, he does, like, all the voices. All the, Anytime you need, like, an animal voice, they call him in. Yeah, right. Transformer, he does actual voice. Uh, human voice. I'm a robot. Oh, you an Autotron. Mike, this one's for you. He's Nibbler on Futurama. Nice. Do you like yeah, I don't like. I you know, I once mentioned I mentioned Frank Welker on Twitter like years ago, and like a voice talent website or something like retweeted me and said, "Yes, he is a, a national treasure" or something along those lines. I said, "Like, you know, has he ever been bad?" Because he's been a lot. I don't know if the guy's a creep, but he's like pretty cool. Yeah, you know, someone like that has been in the industry so long. You go, I hope he's a good guy. Really? Uh, I'll leave it like that. Well, I don't know. I never heard any complaints against Frank Welker. Um, here's my complaint. He was curious, George. <sighs> Have some self-respect. He was <laughs> like, Transformers. He was on Garfield Show. Um, well, he's done it all. He was he's honored in 2016 with an Emmy Award for Lifetime Achievement. Okay, here's our rape connection. Okay, yes, there's a sexual assault scene. This is, guys, I do the Star Trek. Mike does the rape. That's uh, not true. It's just all these movies from the 70s. That have, they all have, like, you know, You've chosen movies. Scenes. I remember you chose. <laughs> yeah. You I did. I chose the third. Well, no, I was say, like, here's a movie about a woman who robs people at truck stops and right. is shot by a couple during the 70s. I feel they're now Christians, born again Christians. Right. I go, it sounds great. And when we actually watch the movie, it's horrific. Right. Remember yeah. that weird one where the guy wants to fuck a pig? Oh my God, it was a musical. And it was, yeah, and that was terrible. Apocalypse <laughs> Now guy was in it. Yeah, that's all in our archive. Yeah, that was good. I had two people oh, in the I studio watching that it. with us. And they could it was a weird. It was like wink or s. It yes. had like an explanation point, like skunk, boink, or something. Yeah. It was from like the not the hair people, but it was along those lines. Like right. they, it was their other yeah, musical. Yeah. Okay, so it was like a hippie theater. <laughs> so you saw the cop grab Melvis's butt, okay? And what we missed. Right. Was, Melvis was complaining that she didn't have anything to eat and she was weak. And so the cop was helping her out of the, the, that truck. And he was totally like up on her, you know, and she was grinding into him. So they were like uh. playing, pretending, you know, behind the husband's back. And now they're in an elevator and it's dark with the husband so what do you think Melvis and the cop are doing? Uh, ass grabbing. Yeah, Please like make it out, so pet, heavy petting. See, this is the irony of the 80s, like these artificial foods with uh, extreme names. You know, I have to give it up to Corman. His films are on like trauma films. Can you imagine this just produced yeah, by trauma, like right. how hard it would be to sit through? Right. So I'm going to play the audio when we get to the scene in which they find the light inside of the uh, elevator. I don't know why it's right. funny, but it's really funny. Okay, I look forward to it then. Okay, so now she's trapped herself uh, in like a, I don't know why a room, it's not a freezer, but... <clears throat> And Paul's off on his own. Somehow they all got separated. And I kind of don't know why yeah. he's sneaking around. He hears them. 
makes Chewie sick. This is all parody. It's all satire. Look at this bad effects, this bad puppetry. <laughs> Listen, bad puppeteers need work too, Carl. I guess yes. And they glory hole. Roger Corman was all about opportunity. You need a gig? Yeah. Can you wave this stuff you down? Yeah, you wave this stuff at all. I thought of a movie playing with my kids' toys. Yeah. Look, this movie delivers. There's more than one munchie. Hey, look, they're going to cut themselves up and chop themselves so that they can become more munchies. Suicide. Ha, 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 ha. When they come into two munchies, do they still have a, a remembrance of their previous life? What a good. I used to be Stuart. The gods. No, they just become cackling little goon balls. Right. Ah, we like beer. So now yeah, yeah. he turns off the power to all the machines. Okay. They can no longer chop themselves off. Now, somehow he knows how, where to go and everything. Well, there's no one else in the fucking factory. So that was pretty slick of him. Now he's getting electricity going. Oh, right. To turn them into statues. I remember this. Right. He realized that the fire of the gods means lightning. Now he's got a charged electric wire. Gotcha. Gonna smoke some munchies. Usually you smoke, then you get the munchies. Right. That's the way that they never make a pot reference, even though dude was there. Well, she says, like, he likes to eat. We'll call him munchies. Right, exactly. So it's a fucking high motherfucker. And they sound like cheats, right? The they munchies? do. Uh-oh. Looks like it's teaser guys. Well, you know the one voiceover guy. He's really good. The other one, not so much. His name is Fred Newman. He's one of the voices of Munchie, or the, you know, the other voices. He's an actor, right. composer, musician, singer, Foley artist, and former talk show host. And that's it. That's all. Oh, it I'm, all, I'm also a former Munchie. Did I, did I mention that? Yes. Yes, you have mentioned. I played a, I played a Munchie. Yes, yes. Okay, so Paul is Ooh. now electrocuted the ball, but for one. And he's destroying the statues, which is a weird thing to do. Well, he really hates those munchies. Got to attack the munchies with his snacks. Now, I guess he figures if no he evidence. snatches them all, they could never again become munchies, I guess. Right, because I heard if you break them in half, <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> Look at that. There's 86 on the box. There's an old munchie that's fired by now. Oh, left. Get this puppet off of me. Help, help, I'm being attacked by a He-Man. Yeah. He's jiggling it himself, right? Yeah, right. Electric Well, we saw that before. What was that Brendan Fraser movie we saw, Nature's Revenge? Where, like, right. a, a furry vengeance. Furry vengeance. Furry vengeance. There's several scenes where he's holding, like, a stuffed raccoon going, get away from my face! <laughs> right. He's the one doing it. Because yeah, hysterical. when you're watching the movie and you're suspending disbelief, you believe he's being attacked. But when you realize it, it's just like, like so silly because there he is shaking a beanbag. But it's so funny, though. Like he gives it his all. It's an A, yes, a performance. Oh, look. Uh -oh. A kiss. Is this the end? Here, let's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did he even notice? Nope. I think I would know. I would like to think I would know. So Harvey is oblivious that they were making out. Well, you know, they're, they're, his stepson just died, so he's probably preoccupied. Yeah, I'm going to get you, Daddy. Eating on other people's lives. He needs a lift. I got the munchies. I need a lift. I need a li uh, That's very English of you. 
Yeah. Nothing over here, Mr. Waterman. Not the sand, you idiot. Uh-oh. See, you know I'm doing Waterman, and his name is Waterman. Yes. Oh, so you you kind of bonded with it. Will you have a character named Waterman on your uh, on Waterman? No, that's an interesting. That's a very funny pre premise. Uh, like, they could be at. The I'm Waterman. Place. Yeah, I'm Waterman. Like, Who's Sam Waterman? At the uh, police station, and then the chief calls out Waterman, <laughs> and they both turn their heads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you, Waterman. 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 Not you, Waterman. Waterman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now it's being exposed that he's using toxic waste, but he's putting that toxic waste in the food he makes. Right. It's such classic parody of what we consumed in the 80s. It's like the stuff. Now, the cop doesn't like that he was, you know, he's putting chemicals into the food, so he arrests him. <clears throat> now, you think it might have something to do with him liking Mavis, but no, he arrests Mavis, too. What a cop, man. He's going through male harm, uh, menopause. What's up with him? <laughs> Emotional. All right, take them away, boy. So, yeah, yeah. now we're getting the wrap-ups. Okay, so the bad guys are off to jail. The good guys are... Not that the cop is good. Walking off into the sunset. And it's got the statue for his father. So this is the end of Munchies, huh? What a yeah. way. They're not going to pop up at the end? No, but the... the um. There's an actor coming on screen who's interesting. Um, let's see. Here he is. His name's Paul Bartel. There he is on the left. He was in all these. Oh, my God. I love Paul. Yeah. You know him. Yeah, he said he's directed Corbin movies, of course. Right. He did a great movie called Pratt. He's from Lockhart, New Jersey, my friend. He oh. went to high school in Lockhart. And so this is all he does. He... He, this is his only scene. He's like, this. I'll give you $20,000 for this. And Corman's like, fuck yeah. It, and he goes, I could send you to L.A. Yeah. to be a comedian. Oh, right. And start your career. Yeah, Paul Bartelli wears the same bow tie and the same blazer and everything. He just yeah. shows up. He, uh, he's usually paired with Mary Warrenoff, who is a Warhol girl. And they're, they're right. not married, but they always play couples. Eating Raul is probably the first movie. They always directed. say that they're married uh, in movies. Yeah, Eating Raul, 82. Yeah. Lust in the what dust. Are, uh, scenes from a class. Uh, scenes from a class, class struggle in Beverly Hills. It's yeah, nineteen eighty nine. He did a movie called Private Parts, not not the Howard Stern right, movie, but it's Howard about Stern. like a. It's really good. It's a seventies film. I would recommend it. Uh, this woman moves to L.A. and I think she becomes a robot or something like that. But like, it's cool. It's like she meets all these freaks in the streets. It's kind of a cool movie. His best thing to me, his best credit is being in Rock and Roll High School in 1979. So we're wrapping oh, yeah. up now. Mary was in that too. Yeah, I guess so. Paul Bart you know another movie where Paul Bartel shows up at the end? What's that? Hamlet with Ethan Hawke. Oh. The, the Hamlet, the modern day version of Hamlet with Bill Murray and, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. When they do the duel, he hands off the sapers. All right, I'll wrap here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. Yes. We have munchied out. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I think it was bad. It was really not good. And it was fun for your show. But, I mean, the plot made no sense. The jokes fell flat. This was a movie that had nothing for everyone. Ah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, a love letter to the 80s. Like, just <laughs> completely dated. And you got to see Harvey Corman in it, you that's know, and that's probably was the draw 40 years ago, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I recommend Munchies. Way to go. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, if you heard last week's episode, we did Munchie, the uh, family-friendly semi-sequel to this movie. And, uh, yeah. All right. I'll just flat out say it. 
Carl, next week's movie is Munchie Strikes Back. Okay. The final in the Munchie trilogy. Okay. Uh, and we, we played the trailer last week, and we were so disgusted by it, we decided to do Munchies, the first one. Yeah. But I'm sorry, man. Is it 94? we got to do it. Uh, yeah, 94, Munchie Strikes Back. All right. Here, for the, for, the audience, for the audience that don't know, uh, all the munchies are dead in munchies, but in munchie, they find another munchie who's, right. who's a lot fatter and, and talks English. And he's a puppet. And he helps a kid. He helps an adolescent bo- white boy uh, with adolescent white boy stuff. And then, oh, he so right, his mom's dating a creep. And right. then in munchie strikes back, the creep is the star of the movie. He's like out for revenge or something. Yeah. Well, Munchie strikes back too, so it's a, it's a story of two revenges. Right. Well, let's see. I, uh, I saw the game credits going, so let's I'll see if they. Uh, additional thanks to Coop's Restaurant, Cheese and Pasta, Eight Idols West, Robin Rose Ice Cream, Sam Miser Welding. Nice. I guess they don't give the locations of it. Well, it might have passed and we didn't pay attention. I'm sure this was like uh, like New Mexico or... Uh, Let me see. I'm going to type in Robin Rose ice cream see what we get. <laughs> From 1987? Let's see what you get. Yeah. Okay. A, you know what? It's Venice, California. It's already popping up. Okay. Anytime. Restaurants. L.A. Chowhound. So let's see, it's uh, Los Angeles, Robin Rose Ice Cream, well, San Francisco. San Francisco, that's a file. You should go to it. It was shot in red. So it looks like Rockford Files filming locations, they list uh, Robin Rose Ice Cream on Venice, California. Hmm. All right, that sounds good. Uh, are we, let's watch the trailer to Munchie Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Strikes back nineteen trailer. All right, and if audience would you like to watch the trailer with us, it's available on YouTube. We're just pulling it up right now, as professional as we are. What do you write? Uh, official trailer. I see Roger Corman. We watched it last week. Okay. On Roger Corman's official YouTube page. All right, I press. I love it. Official YouTube. Page. I All right. Zero zero zero. All right. Be the audio? Yes. Yeah, please do. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right. Old Concord. Oh, no, this is New Concord. New Concord. This is uh, NSST. N standing for New. Uh, there it is. There's the creep. I see the munchie looks different now. And it's not like his face is fatter. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is Howard Hessman. It's not even like Dom DeLuise from the second movie. And so that's a different white boy. Kid too. Yeah. So he's not getting Look out. the kid who ruined his... Uh-oh. Look at him. He's macking. Oh, Hot foot. Hot butt. Finally, is he eating a Tic Tac? Hot butt. Uh, why do I keep wooden matches in my butt? Home Alone. I knew that was. I know the marbles. Listen, uh, all you want to be Kevin's. That will kill the wet bandits on uh, if you put marbles in the ground. Wow. See, the car landed on the wheels up, and now it could drive away easily. Let's have a blast. Ooh, Concord. His shirt's the production. So cheap, he's wearing, like, a production T-shirt. <laughs> Ooh, he blows up the school at the end. I hope it's the end. Yeah. No school for summer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be our next week's movie. We're going to conclude the Munchie trilogy with Munchie Strikes Back from 19... Yeah. Okay, Munchie Strikes uh, Back is one of those copies you hate. Uh, like, it's all zoomed in to get around copyright. Oh, no, we can't do it. No, we can't do it. I'm not going to watch it. All right. 
is there saved by the bell okay do i have a different movie lined up no uh i try well, to find a different version uh i think i know what movie you had i had told you that like as you know, the premise of this uh, of our podcast, which is wrapping up very shortly, is that I read about these movies and they're on YouTube. And I usually pick the movies, but sometimes I'll pick a movie so bad, uh, I we flip the page and you pick the movie, and yeah. we agreed that these munchy movies are really bad, so we want to do a different film. So uh, you had mentioned uh, Killdozer, nineteen seventy four. Uh, all right. There's a trailer. Yeah. But you know what? I see versions that are one hour and 13 minutes. Is that the full-length movie? Uh, let's just see. Yeah. Is that a little All too right. short for you? No, it's fine. I just want to make sure sometimes when they post movies, they do it. At, it's not the real movie. You're, it gets oh, cut at the end. Uh, let, you know, like it says full movie. Okay. If you put in trailer killdozer, uh, you will find Foy Wonder has the TV commercial. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Let's uh, watch uh, Foy Wonder. It's F-O-Y Wonder, all one word. Killdozer, right. 1974 ABC TV movie commercial. You could put that in, or trailer Killdozer. All right. Okay. I think this is a TV movie too, Carl. Yeah. Is it? Is this a bad Robert choice? Robert no, this is a great choice. I look forward to Killdozer. Okay, so uh, guys, we're going to watch the uh, trailer to next week's movie, Killdozer, a 1974 ABC movie. And uh, go ahead and give us a countdown there, sir. Three, two, one, go. We don't know anything for a fact. Clint Walker. Except that bulldozer kills. Carl Betts. Two men dead. The survivors watch an unmanned bulldozer continue its rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Saturday at 8.30. <laughs> it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, I guess. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're watching Killdozer, 1974, uh, next week. Now, wait. So we you hope that you, uh, yeah. You're going you're gonna to do the research? I will. Okay. Oh, I look forward to it. I, I'm going to research the movie Killdozer, which was even in the theater. Uh, and because Carl's taking the movie in retribution for watching these Munchies movies. But I still uh, think That was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, I know. So, I'm... all right. Well, sounds good. Yeah, this is your comeuppance for making you watch Munchies and Munchies. Uh, we'll be doing Killdozer next week. Carl, before we wrap up, anything you'd like to promote? Anything that our audience should know about? Uh, no, no. You can come down to the open yeah. mic on Tuesdays. Yeah, uh, and be there in person. Be responsible, but be there. Uh, <laughs> okay, or don't. Beings. You know what? No, uh, yeah. I discourage you. From going to the open mic, it is. Oh come on, right? No, no let's socially right. distance. Yeah. It's not over yet, folks. It's not over yet. Right, it's not over yet, but we want to keep you sane and safe. And uh, I have nothing, a lot not going on. Uh, but if you go to issue.com, that's the issue spelled I S S U U, and you search for Savage Henry, you'll see my latest contribution to the Humboldt County Humor Magazine. Uh, in PDF form. How exciting is that? Uh, that's it. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you. It was always a pleasure talking with you and watching a movie with you. Audience, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure as we let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. And we hope you still subscribe to LWFLMLYT, our Twitter page, and our YouTube page. And we're also on Facebook by the full title.
W A F L M O T Y T L W A F L M O Y T L W A F L No, you have to do it fast. Okay, alright, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh God. Okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Right. L W A F L M O Y T. Do it again. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T.
to the show at any point. If you have something you want to add to, um, to add to the add to the knowledge and the day, we're happy to hear from you. <laughs> uh, don't be calling with no nonsense now. We're not here to listen to your Karen on. Um, but you can call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. And um, I don't know. We might answer the phone if we can figure out how to answer the phone here. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We only have thirty minutes. So you know, but we actually got a little head start. So we're actually doing really well this today. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm going to play you a little bit of this artist. And I just like this want you to let me know when I, when we're done. If you um, if you know who this artist is. All right. Are you ready, boo? Yeah, I'm ready. OK, I'm excited. OK, here we go. singing along what does that mean okay so i know the song i've definitely heard the song i mean i hope so (laughs) i've definitely heard the song but honestly like i i don't know who it is okay so the song is a gay anthem and the singer is sylvester sylvester have you heard of sylvester sylvester salone have you heard of sylvester the singer no i have not oh my god seriously <laughs> I'm not trying to be mad, but I mean, so you've never, you've never heard of Sylvester before. No, I've heard the song though. Okay. Really queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that you plugged that in there. So well, I had to, uh, oops, I guess I should, um, not allow incoming text. Sorry about that. Um, so listen, a cu- couple things. So growing up, like I am a child of the seventies. So even though I, you know, I knew Sylvester, I wasn't obviously out and gay at the time, but Sylvester was literally, you know, he paved the way for techno music, house music, and all these amazing things. But he was known as an out gay artist. Um, he was an African American artist born in Watts and he was a fixture actually in the Castro. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did lots of really cool stuff. Um, I don't know, like, you know, he was one of those people that at the time he would go out and parade around in dresses and it was very unapologetic about who he was at the time. Can you imagine in the early seventies, late sixties, that that this was something that was like, you know, completely, completely unheard of, especially being African American. And, you know, he was born in Watts and his family absolutely did not um, appreciate or approve of his homosexuality. So he had to find friends as we all did to, uh, that were kind of like him. So he, um, he actually met a group of transgender and um, and queer uh, people in a group that was called the Discotex. 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 I like it. Discotex. <laughs> and um, and they got into a lot of trouble in in, in L.A. And uh, you know I don't know if you you probably don't remember the the, the riots that happened in Watts. Now you're way no, too young no, for that. No, Anyways, no, there was a remember. period of time where there was some riots, and this group of people they all went out with Sylvester, and they looted like a lot of people did. And uh-huh. what they looted was wigs and lipsticks, and it was like yeah. kind of a joke that Sylvester always told. Yeah. I, is this interesting, right? No, it's so interesting. I mean, I I I think back to like right when I was like growing up and I was like so scared to be who I was and this is like in the 90s so to think of like someone like him who is just being himself and and uh, just like not caring what people say yeah well this is a bit this is a bitch who graduated from high school wearing a blue chiffon dress and a beehive wig I mean, oh my okay, we have somebody's phone going off in there. Whose phone is that? I, have I think no it's Tweet the Turners. She's always leaving her shit laying around. <laughs> I think I got it off now. So no, so but that's amazing that uh, that he was just being himself and and not really caring what people think and just going against that like status quo. Um, I mean, I, did he did he ever get into trouble? Like, was there ever any type of situation where he was like? 
being like arrested. Seriously, or... you want to know if Sylvester got into trouble? I'm sure he did. Girl, really? Because <laughs> that's like really important. <laughs> I mean, really, girl? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure she did get into trouble. Actually, he did get into trouble quite a bit, but we won't get into all that stuff. Um, he did a lot of covers, though, which is interesting because Sylvester um, kind of, he had obviously his own original stuff, but he did a lot of stuff that was uh, cover music. And the thing that was so cool about that, it was kind of like his, his trademark. He would take other people's songs and make them about himself. He would change sometimes the, the gender or change the kind of the storyline to make it about him, which was very interesting because he was able to transform those songs into, into something that certainly gay people could relate with. Um, you know, eventually he went on to, um, to uh, do a lot of his solo stuff and uh, he ended up working with some really cool people. Have you heard of Martha Wash? No. Oh my God. Okay. We have so much to teach you today. Um, have you heard of, um, have you heard of Jeannie Tracy? Um, no, no, I have not. Wow. Really queen. Um, okay. So yeah. So Jeannie Tracy, if you remember that you, you go out right to clubs and stuff. Yeah. So do you remember the cha-cha heel songs? Put your cha-cha. Yeah. Put yeah. your cha-cha heels do, on. Yeah. Okay. So that's Jeannie Tracy. Okay. She's done a ton of stuff and she also sang, um, backup for Sylvester. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. You know who else sang backup for Sylvester? The Pointer Sisters. I don't know who they are. Yet. Oh my god! I just literally created four shows <laughs> in like one episode. I don't know. That's the, the point. The Pointer Sisters. <laughs> the Point Sister. The point. It's the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> so wait. Oh wait. Um. Okay. So we um we have a call coming in. So I'm gonna show you some more music. Um. Uh, while we're waiting on this, all right? Here we go. <laughs> Look at all the fabulous people. You wanna dance? Yes, I'd love to. Let's party a little bit. Right. So, here's the thing. Um, I have a really special guest online. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Jeannie. Jeannie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeannie Tracy. Hi, how are you? Good. We're here. I'm here trying to educate the children on some on Sylvester today, and of course, you were such an intricate part of his life. And I know you're not feeling well, but we just really wanted to say thank you for calling in and thank you for being part of our first show. We love you for that. How you Absolutely. doing? Absolutely, I love you too, darling. Well, Jeannie and I have performed together many times, and she's an amazing person. And I love that she called in just to be a part of our Sylvester Day. So let's hear it for Jeannie Tracy. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Thank you, and thank you for keeping my brother alive, all right? Of course, you got it. We love you. Thank you, Jenny. All right. Great show, you guys. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that was Jeannie Tracy. That's pretty crazy that she just called in just to say hello. She called in just to say hello. I've known her for a while. She um, She's done a few things with me, and or I should say I've done a few things with her, and she's just really an amazing person, super fucking talented. And uh, yeah, she was a big part of Sylvester's life, singing background for him for a long time, along with Martha Wash. Now, here's going to blow your mind. So it was Martha Wash, mm-hmm. um, a woman by uh, the name of Isora Rhodes, and together they were known as Two Tons of Fun. Two tons they were they were big girl honey, <laughs> and so they were two yes. tons of fun, and and they later became known as the Weather Girls. Oh wow! Why? Who sang "It's Raining Men"? Oh, 
See? Okay. How these things all circle. intertwined. It's oh, all coming that. back full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, I think is Tweeka's Tweeka's phone finally shut off here. I think so. You Tweeka, you're popular tonight, honey. <laughs> yeah. So, um, an interesting, just a couple of interesting facts since we're here in San Francisco about yep. uh, about him is um, he performed at the main stage in the 1979 Gay Pride Parade here. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, performed at the Castro Street Theater. Oh, wow. And yeah. actually, the Castro Street Fair was actually uh, one year after he passed was thrown in his honor. It was a tribute to him. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, he did so many, so many amazing, amazing things that, um, you know, to keep keep things alive. Um, <clears throat> he The show at the Castro Theater was called One Night Only, and it was a retrospective work um, of, of a lot of his stuff. Oh, wow. So what was it? Do you know what it was about? Girl, I wasn't. Girl, you how old there. do I look? How you old do I look, there. bitch? <laughs> Jesus. No, but I will say this. Like, okay, so he did something that I, I, I wanted to do in my lifetime, but obviously yeah. I'm not going to be able to do anymore. But in 1985, he was able to work with Aretha Franklin. He and Jeannie, who we just talked to, um, were invited to sing background vocals for Aretha Franklin's song, Who's Zoomin' Who. But you might not remember that song. because Who's Zoomin' Who? No, I don't yeah. remember it. So we have a lot to teach you, girl. This show's going to be on for a few years. Thank God. <laughs> I know. I wish we could drink cocktails in this booth because I need one right no now. No alcohol zone. Yeah, this is a no alcohol zone. So we're just going to have to do a lot of cocaine before we get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's let's just, just let's get just, wild. Just get wild before we, we get here. Is this, I mean, am I just like blowing your mind right now? No. <laughs> just, like, just like, I need a drink. <laughs> no, I find it really interesting. I, I you know, I'm excited to be here because obviously like many of the times that we're in the club dancing I'm just like I don't know who this is but I really do want to know who they are so I'm excited that we're doing this and that you're um, finally teaching me Girl, I got a lot to teach you more than music, honey. Let's start with that jacket. Um, <laughs> um, but listen, I just I, yesterday actually I was watching some clips of Sylvester, and there was one of him on the Joan Rivers show when she had her own talk show at night. I don't uh-huh. know if you don't remember that because you were younger too, but nope. I barely remember that. But I know that it had happened, and he was on there, and it was really cool. He sang this song called "Someone Like You," which was done in the late '80s, which was a song that I actually do remember because I was um, in high school, and I just I kind of remembered because I was I, even though I wasn't out out I was I was out I was gay yeah and I was going to gay clubs and I definitely remember this song someone like you um it was a really cool song and and he so he performed it on her show and then afterwards he went over to the couch and and talked with um with her and he basically I, I remember he was he they were talking about like she's talking about sexuality or something like this and he's like well I've, she's like I've worked with drag queens before and he's like I'm not a drag queen yeah I am Sylvester <laughs> I was like yes bitch you so know? he's like very androgynous very androgynous Androgynous, yeah. yeah, and and you know, but but, but beauti- not a drag queen, but not a drag queen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's he would not say he's a drag queen, okay, right? From yeah. what I understand, but uh-huh. um, for, for most of us, we would say he was a drag queen. But his label tried to make him more androgynous because they didn't uh-huh. want, they didn't feel like a drag queen could actually do much. Yeah, so they uh, they tried to make him a little bit more um, androgynous. So. You know, it was uh, it was something that he had to struggle with, and something that he pushed against um, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he, you know, he, he always said that this is saying, or actually he said that his career transcended the gay movement, um, and that he said that his sexuality had nothing to do with his music. He said, "This is literally a quote from him." He's like, "When I'm fucking, I'm not thinking about singing, and vice versa." <laughs> Right, which is true. Yeah. So, so many gay artists, you know, it has to be about you know who you're sleeping with. It's 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 kind of, it's this weird thing. Like me being a 